Welcome to the Risk and Repeat Podcast, episode number 125. I'm Rob Wright, editor of Search Security, and I am here once again with my site editor, Peter Lotion. Peter, welcome. Hi, Rob. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It is the afternoon. Happy Friday. We are in here on Friday, September 21st, our usual day to occupy the Chernobyl podcast studio here. We've got a, man, we've got a good one. (laughs) It's been a busy week. It's been a very busy week. This has been a kind of a bonkers Friday. There's a lot going on this week, uh, news-wise. So it was was a a little, I don't want to say it was hard to pick a topic, because I think this one is the one that is probably the biggest. Um, But there was no shortage of things to talk about and write about this week. Lots going on in the world of InfoSec and technology and just uh, a, a, a plentiful uh, number of, of stories to discuss. But the one we're talking about today, it's sure to produce a number of scorching hot takes, is the lawsuit that was filed by NSS Labs against three of the largest anti-malware uh, endpoint protection vendors in the industry as well as their trade association. Uh, So NSS Labs announced Wednesday that it had filed this antitrust suit against CrowdStrike, Symantec, ESET, and the Anti-Malware Testing Standards Organization. What's the shorthand for that? AMTSO is probably going to work. AMTSO? Yeah, and it's it's not a, a, a hard thing to pronounce either. Yeah. Just letters. AMTSO. That's a long acronym. Okay. So, so it filed this suit against the, the three vendors and the AMTSO because it alleges in the complaint, NSS lab, uh, Labs accuses these parties of basically conspiring to limit NSS Labs' uh, uh, ability to test products impartially. And uh, it's, it's a really interesting read. And one of the things I want to ask you right off the bat about, Peter, because you know stuff, you've been in this business a long time, but one of the things that uh, uh, NSS Labs talks about in this suit and in their complaint and in a blog post that they write about this situation is that uh, anti-malware vendors, the the three vendors named in the suit, have uh, adopted this practice of restricting their end-user license agreements to prevent any products from being uh, used in competitive or comparative testing without the approval of the vendor. And if you do it, they will um, try to stop you. And I'll get to how they try to stop you in a minute. But so that's not a new thing, though, right? I mean, we've talked about this before. And my recollection from roughly 20 or so years ago being a software reviews editor at Byte magazine was that, and and prior to that as well, um, some products seem to come with a lot of uh, limitations on what you can do with them. Yes. Because it's in a license. It's not like we're not going out and buying a car that you can drive away in and then you own and you can paint it or change things out or do whatever you want because you own it. Um, when you're licensing software, you, you're basically just getting 
permission to use it for whatever the licensor wants to mm. allow. Mm. And yeah, I mean, it, w there was a there was an instance somebody came up on Twitter during the past week or so, uh, bemoaning the fact that the movies that the person had purchased. Oh yeah, <laughs> were right. gone. iTunes, yeah, right. And 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 it just reminded me of the reason that I had had taken such a long time to to go to migrate over to doing content in that way rather than buying a CD or a DVD. Um, when I own the, the DVD, I can put it in my DVD player and watch it yeah. whenever I want, yeah. as long as I don't. Regardless of what happens with the publisher or the publishing rights, or exactly, you own it. Yeah. Right, I own it. I can do what I want with it. And of course, there's still you know you still license things that come on the, a DVD or a CD-ROM, but yeah, um, but I have control over it. I own it. I can do what I want with it. Um, but with software or with movies that you get off of uh, Amazon or, or Apple, uh, uh, yeah, you you don't have control. You 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 have you own the right to do what the licensor wants to allow you to yeah. do. And if they and they change their mind or go out of business or, or decide that they 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 underpriced it or whatever, they can just go ahead and change it. Yeah. The, the the terms. And and it's particularly. I guess thorny or challenging maybe and when you're talking about software because in this case CrowdStrike makes software they make actually software as a service their Falcon platform which is the product that NSS labs tested uh, last year or actually I think they started testing it in 2016 the report came out in 2017 which we'll get to in a minute but uh, it's a it's a SaaS platform. It connects to the cloud, and uh, apparently, at one point during the testing, or I think NSS Labs, according to the the complaints, there's a sort of a legal back and forth here between uh, CrowdStrike and NSS Labs. NSS Labs was apparently at one point going to do a public test, like a live test of many different products, mm. including uh, the CrowdStrike uh, Falcon platform, and during the middle of the test. The, the 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 thing shut off <laughs> and I, I guess I mean I, I apparently CrowdStrike saw that this was taking place went into that specific account and turned it off but but back to the subject of the EULAs I mean I guess is it I, I'm sure we would have heard about this if it was if it did violate some type of law or you know if it violated some FTC regulation or something but I I mean I guess companies can just sort of decide no I, d I don't want to participate in public uh, tests or comparative tests or competitive benchmark tests and you can't use my product and if I catch you using it and I have the means to do so I can just turn it off uh, I mean does that strike you as odd though I mean it, it's, it's obviously problematic for uh, people in the testing community the vendors like uh, the companies like uh, NSS labs but I mean does that seem strange well i mean <clears throat> only if you consider it strange that that a company like trend micro or, or any other software company that that puts these kinds of um limitations in their in their end user license agreements you mean crowdstrike crowdstrike yes thank you um yeah like any company that's selling a piece of software wants you know they want 
it to be used in the way that they want you to use it. And the fact that, that it's not sold as a product, as a, as a thing that you can own, you can put it on your shelf, you can give it to your friend, you can loan it to your, your cousin. Um, they don't want that. That's they, they want control over how it's installed, how it's used. And to the extent that they're able to, to, to impose that, um, they're able to. And the fa- and as you, as you mentioned, most of the people that are doing testing, um, I imagine a lot of people that are doing testing are doing it privately. Mm-hmm. Um, enterprises are, are almost certainly doing their own testing. Oh, for sure. I would hope, right? Yeah. Um, and whether or not they ask for permission, the fact that they don't actually go out and publish and publicize the publication of their results means that they can probably get away with it most of the times that they're doing it. Yeah. Um, that's not to say that, you know, it's software. So th- in the same way that Volkswagen engineers figured out a way to, to identify when they were being, when their the engine was running on a testing for emissions machine and, and act differently than it does in real life. I mean, that's a real example of a case where this happened. I mean, there's there's uh, probably ways that the software publishers like CrowdStrike can, especially software as a service, can detect when they're being run mm. as a by a by a benchmarking system, and in those cases they can presumably they have the ability to to detect that and shut it down. Yeah. Um, if you're just if you're doing testing for your own internal purposes, then it's probably fine especially if you've asked for permission ahead of time, which, yeah. you know, would also make it a fine if you say, I want to test this internally. Yeah. And they'd probably say yes. And, uh, well, it's fine. Yeah. But that's, that's you know, we have this problem with software. You can't sell it as a, you can't sell it like a CD. Unless you put it on a CD. But well, right. Well, yeah, yeah. well, even if you do put it, like, this <laughs> yeah, has been know, going for ever since my you know ever you've got to activate it i mean this is the case with with um with a lot of stuff video games and and so on and so forth you can't just sort of it's not you're buying the license you're not buying the actual software right and it's and it's a, a good part of the reason why so why open source software has become so popular is that you you know this whole if you can't fix it you don't own it mentality um which goes for tractors and cars and all kinds of other things but and on top of that, there's software. You can't fix software that you bought yeah. because you licensed it. You didn't buy it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that's that's just sort of part of the ground rules of doing this stuff. And it, it, it's interesting. I should. I mean, you mentioned getting permission, and I should. Th- there's an interesting dichotomy here with what's going on with NSS Labs. So this case with CrowdStrike, um, first of all, it's not the only sort of um, friction. That's probably putting it mildly uh, that NSS Labs has uh, run into with a, a particular vendor. Um, it's the most notable at this point, but there are other cases, and I'll juxtapose those in a second. But this whole case started back in, with CrowdStrike, started back in 2016. They made arrangements to test the Falcon uh, platform uh, with CrowdStrike's approval, and they went through, I, if I, I think I have this right, I, I should have this right because I wrote the story about it. Uh, they did a first round of testing and there were problems with it. They went back to CrowdStrike. CrowdStrike said, you know, you know, whatever, you're doing it wrong. They did a second test and CrowdStrike didn't like the results there either. And CrowdStrike, uh, uh, NSS Lab said, well, we're going to do this public test. And CrowdStrike said, you know, no, you're not. 
and they went ahead and did it anyways and that's when they turned it off like in the middle of the testing so at some point it seems like the cooperation between the two parties ended CrowdStrike went ahead with the sort of incomplete uh, NSS labs went ahead with the incomplete results that it got from testing the Falcon platform in its report that it released at uh, RSA uh, last year, RSA 2017. And I don't know if you remember this, Peter, but but they, CrowdStrike, went to court. They, they filed for a, a, a temporary restraining order or injunction or maybe both to prevent NSS labs from publishing that report, that anti-malware or endpoint, endpoint protection uh, uh, paper with all these test results in and, and, and which you know, the company CrowdStrike did not look favorable, uh, did not look, uh, did not look very good, and that, and they lost. And the judge said, "No, you're not proving irreparable harm here. If you say, you know, if you contest these re- results, go ahead and contest them. You're you're not irreparably harmed because somebody published um, uh, benchmark results or test results that you don't agree with. You can go and do your own. So what I mean." from the judge's perspective as somebody that's been in the technology world for a long time, like, isn't that a solution here? Can't CrowdStrike just say, I mean, going to court seems like a, a drastic step to prevent that report from coming out. Why not just say, look, NSS Labs was wrong. Here's some other data. Here's some other test results from other organizations. Why, you know, isn't that sort of the reasonable counter to a uh, company like NSS Labs going out there and doing its its test. No. Well, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> you're making the Peter lotion. Well, well uh, yeah, because <laughs> sure, of course, it sounds reasonable and all, but it also sounds like a lot of work. Yeah. Where the old, you know, like finding an outlet that's going to publish the results that you want that has a comparable weight and 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 uh, carries authority in the same way that that the other. Re- outlet that was going to publish the, the results I mean that's a lot of work you've got to yeah. replicate that and and on top of that you also have to be sure that you're going to come out on top in your results and yeah like it's it seems much easier to to to, to submit a, a lawsuit well I mean I, I guess I, I my counter to that would be you know not to to cite the Streisand effect or whatever but I mean you, you kind of run the risk of making this into a bigger deal than it should be, I guess. I mean, I mean, it, it just, it, I guess if I were CrowdStrike, I, I would have thought seriously, maybe they did, about just like letting it go. I mean, they're, they're one of the biggest vendors out there, regardless of what NSS is going to post or not post. Um, they, their name is sort of synonymous with cybersecurity right now by virtue of the work that they did with the DNC hack. And and the the amount of money that they've raised, which is, I, I mean, good for them. Like they are they are one of the top companies out there right now. Um, you, but about the test results, I mean, this is the whole. This is where the lawsuit gets interesting to me. So, NSS Labs, the the lawsuit that they filed, the antitrust suit, they basically came out and said, what you described, Peter, finding someone else that will publish results that are going to be favorable to you. That's essentially what they accused the AMTSO of doing. They said, you know, they want everyone to go through them and use their standard. And the lawsuit essentially says, and I'll, I, I want to get the quote here. Um, it says, uh, quote, knowing how one's product will be tested in advance defeats the entire purpose of independent third-party testing, 
no less than a student knowing the questions and answers before a test defeats the entire purpose of a school test. Indeed, obtaining such knowledge is usually called quote-unquote cheating. I laugh because it's just one of these straw man things where you're assuming that the, that the test is how do you respond to a particular yeah. case where these are the conditions. And in a test where you're getting the questions and answers that, or the questions ahead of time, sometimes it doesn't help. Yeah. Because if the question is uh, prove Fermat's last theorem and show your work, yeah. and knowing knowing the the question in advance is going to is only going to help focus you, because uh, you're probably not, you know whether you know the question or not. Yeah. It's a that's a tough question. Yeah. Um, and if the question is how does a piece of software perform under under real life conditions or under uh, estimations of real life conditions. Well, yeah, that's pretty much how most of these benchmarking tools work. You yeah. want to try to to come up with real life situations that you can simulate or emulate, and then test your product against it. And um, so, to th to that ex to, to to that point, it's sort of um, I'm I don't think that argument carries a lot of weight with it. But yeah, and and in general, I just wouldn't. I, I feel as though if you're selling a product and you want it to be f f suited for the purpose that it, you're selling it for, you have to allow people to, to be able to verify that yeah, yeah. without just going into production with it immediately. Yeah. And and the, the allegations here, again, in this lawsuit, the antitrust suit, are, are pretty I, – I should note, there's no technical details in here. They don't – or there's very mi minor ones. The – Lawsuit does not describe, like, we tested, uh, you know, the Falcon platform with X, Y, and Z, and here's how it failed, or it did not detect these. You know, it, it's not, that's not what the document says. What the document basically says is, here's what we object to um, in terms of the AMTSO doing with its, with its methodology and imposing that methodology on the NSS labs um, testers is not fair. And furthermore, they're, you know, obviously alleging that the vendors, the anti-malware vendors that make up the AMTSO basically conspired to say, we're not going to work with NSS labs or we'll try to stop them from testing our equipment because we, they're not going through the methodology. And, you know, NSS labs comes out and says the entire organization is, it, it, its purpose is to allow the, the vendor community to, quote, know in advance exactly where, when, and how their EP EPP endpoint protection products will be tested such that the EPP vendor conspirators can tailor their products in advance to the threats against which their products will be tested and score better on any public or private test, end quote. Basically saying, if you don't tell us what you're going to be testing for so we can f configure the, the, the product appropriately, then you know, we're not going to let you test it. Um, obviously, we have a long way to go in this lawsuit. It was just filed. There were some, you know, uh, uh, some statements that the organizations made, uh, CrowdStrike and the AMTSO, saying, you know, we, we deny these allegations. And CrowdStrike, they, you know, they've been in, involved with the war of words with uh, NSS Labs now for a while. 
they called NSS Labs uh, pay for play. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's it's getting uh, it's getting harsh. Uh, yeah, NSS is a for-profit pay-to-play testing organization uh, that obtains products through fraudulent means and is desperate to defend its business model from uh, open and transparent testing. CrowdTrack wow. said. Wow. Now you know, AMTSO ha- having having a standard set of of tools or 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 benchmarking preferred methodology, whatever. Method- yeah. Yeah. I mean that's. That's fine. Yeah. I mean, nothing wrong with that. Yeah. It's great, actually. And NSS Ops is a member, uh, a member of, of that organization, I should note. Right. Yeah. But, but it, I mean, it's, it's great to say here's a, here's a comprehensive suite of tools that you can use for benchmarking of products in this industry developed by the people that have been developing the software. I mean, that's perfectly fine. It's, that's a, a valid thing. But to say, but you cannot use any kind of testing other than this, yeah. seems to me like a, a stretch. Yeah, um, they, they're denying that. I mean, they're they're not, they're yeah. denying that they impose that sort of you. It, it's either my way or the highway. Yeah. Um, well, and, and then there's the other another issue that comes up with the reviewing of, yeah. of software or any kind of tech products is where do you get you know and and it, and you, in that quote you mentioned earlier that it mentioned that they acquire the the uh, products to be tested for in some unsavory way yeah. apparently um, but at the same time if you if you call up a software vendor or you know I'm, I'm thinking again of Volkswagen there's a there's a, a, pro- a company that had a product that knew could determine whether or not it was being tested for emissions yeah and like I, you know I've said this before I've not only have I written books, but I, I used to be a, a, a reviews editor yes. for Byte magazine, and and I, as a freelancer, did a lot of reviews. And there's always a, an issue when you acquire products to test to make sure that what you're testing is the same thing that an ordinary consumer would get. Yes. And there's been lots of stories over the years about uh, companies doing a little shifty stuff where they yep. send a product and it says that it's a 386 but it's actually a 486 because that mm. way they can yeah. or they're doing some other kind of um, uh, I don't want to say shady but I do want to say shady yeah kind of shady I mean I'm not and I'm not accusing anybody of doing that in this case but yeah but that's that's how it is companies want to get every bit of leverage they can every bit of advantage yeah and that's why th- they'll go to the you know, and I mentioned I mentioned that I've written books. Yeah, you've mentioned that too many times. When you write a book, it's out there. People can pick it up, read yeah. it, write a review. Some of those reviews are are pretty they're harsh. They're they're <laughs> harsh. And you know, I've gotten some pretty harsh reviews. I got a I got one or two decent reviews. We don't have to go into that here. I, but people people that judge happens. people judge harshly if yep. if it's not what they're expecting. And I I mean I've certainly been there. But the fact is, if you go out, if you go and find that and make that your hill that you're going to die on, to 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 get rid of a bad review, it doesn't work. Yeah. Not that I've done that, but the fact no. is that if you make a big noise about a bad about bad press or bad review, that's not going to make it go. Away. Yeah. It's yeah. going to do the opposite. Yeah. So. And uh, la- last point I'll make on this uh, before we wrap up is you know I mentioned a, another side of this. Um, situation uh that you know nss isn't you know crowdstrike isn't the only vendor that they they've had sort of 
problems with it. There was just a story, was it last month? Man, it seems like it was a while ago. Uh, but our, our comrades, our, our, our coworkers at Search Networking did a story about Cisco refusing to participate in a, uh, NSS Labs test on SD-WAN. NSS Labs went ahead and got um, a hold of its own SD-WAN product, um, I think through like a third-party reseller. Cisco found out and wouldn't activate the license. So they spent thirty or $40,000 on this product and they can't activate it. And they, you know, NSS Labs said, you know, we want our money back, you're not gonna turn it on. And Cisco turns around and says, well, you know, we're under no obligation to do that or whatever. I mean, I don't know what the, the, the specific excuse was, um, but NSS Labs is, is now ticked off and, you know, people are pointing at them saying, well, you obtained it through, you know, you, you didn't go through the vendor to, to acquire the product. And I'm thinking, eh, but does that really, you know, I mean, if you're buying it through a legitimate reseller, it's a product that's going to go to any customer. What's the big deal? What's why does that invalidate the product test? It's going to be the same thing that ends up in an enterprise somewhere. Uh, don't you want that? Don't you want that kind of test? So uh, I don't know. Yeah, we had to. I mean, for book reviews, you have to send out free copies for review copies. Yeah. So, yeah, if you're selling a, the product and somebody's using it for a, you know, for a reasonably legitimate purpose, I mean, testing is certainly legitimate. Yeah. And if it was an enterprise that bought it to test, then there would be no problem. So, yeah. Uh, what What do you think is going to happen? I, I mean, I'm kind of worried about the future of technology. I mean, th I, maybe technology product testing in general is too broad, but at least for security, like, I don't know. I mean, what, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen with this, with this lawsuit, but it makes me concerned that, you know, what are we going to do for, for accurate testing? You know, if NSS Labs is alleging, like if what they're alleging is true, that's trouble, but what if, what if, I mean, same thing, I guess, if, it, if it's the opposite, if, it, if it's, if what the vendors are saying are true, what the AMTSO is saying is true, and NSS Labs doesn't know what it's doing, or, so how, like, if you can't trust the results either way, I mean, that's bad for the enterprises, it's bad for the users, it's bad for the entire industry, right? Yes. I mean, just know, like, from what you know about the lawsuit, I guess any sort of, feelings one way or the other about where it may end up. It seems like, an, to me, it seems like an uphill battle for NSS labs. Um, yeah, I think, I, I think it's, I think it's an end user license agreement issue. I think that the way that software gets sold and has been sold for, I'm going to say pretty much since, um, since microcomputer software was being sold, like we're talking what, 30, long time ago, yeah. 30, 40 years. Yeah. Um, it gets sold under under these license agreements and end user license end user license agreements, which carry a lot of weight, are written by one party to favor one party, and are signed by consumers who don't really have time or resources to evaluate whether yeah. their license is going to limit them. Even if you're even if you're a testing agency, I think I think that the that I mean here this is my personal opinion, of course, but. But yeah, the end user license agreement way of selling software to me is not consumer friendly. Yeah, it's actually at 
actually the opposite. Literally <laughs> unfriendly to consumers, but it's but it's very good for the software companies yeah. that are and and, the, and 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 there's a lot of companies that are software companies now that aren't actually selling software. Yeah. Because it's a cl- it's a service. Yeah, anything. Or it's a cloud service connects to a cloud service, yeah. Like Tesla yeah. cars yeah. or or uh, John Deere tractors, yeah. all these things. Yeah, yeah. So so yeah, for to the extent that we rely on software and have to buy things based on software licenses, I think that there's got to be there's got to be some some shift coming yeah. or else it's going to be bad. Yeah. We live in interesting times. Yes, we do. Uh, I have a feeling we're going to be following this for quite some time. Peter, thank you for joining me in the initial uh, entry into this, what, what is sure to be an ongoing story. Thank you for providing uh, some, some keen insight from your, your years in the business and your experiences. Always happy to be here. And thank you to the readers and listeners of Search Security. I'm Rob Wright, and we'll see you next time.